Okay. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Ask the Therapist. Today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Esty Spitzer. She is the owner of Turning Point OT, which is a sensory integration and pediatric outpatient clinic in Brooklyn, New York. She's also an adjunct faculty member at LIU Brooklyn, and she teaches many pediatric courses at LIU. So welcome, Esty. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. And you? Good, good, good. So today we're going to be talking about reflex integration therapy, and reflex integration therapy is a hot topic in the therapy world right now. Um, if you haven't heard, it's a intervention or treatment modality that many are using to assist children of need to improve their deficits in different areas of function, and Essie's going to talk about that today. She has a lot of experience in that area. She gives um, courses and lectures on that topic, and she also uses that in her pediatric outpatient clinic. So, Esty, right, can, you, correct. can you yeah, explain to uh-huh. us you know, what reflex integration therapy is and what your experience is with that topic? Okay, sure, yes. Let me just give a little bit of background before I you know, talk about um, reflex integration itself. But um, so I've been doing, I've been working as a pediatric OT for you know, going on 18 years. Um, and I was always very into sensory integration. I found that a lot of the kids were coming in with different sensory integration issues, sensory processing difficulties, and I found it to be effective, the intervention, the sensory integration um, therapy and intervention targeting the different areas of deficit. Um, roughly about seven to eight years ago, I, took, I started to take some reflex integration courses um, with some colleagues, coworkers, and when I started to integrate the two um, frameworks together, the reflex integration with the sensory integration, I started to see profound effects, um, very significant and also much quicker than just the sensory integration alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really turned me on to reflex integration. Like parents are, you know, are coming to me, they want to see results, teachers want to see results, I want to see results, the kids want to see results, and I started to see that, wow, you know, when there's carryover and it's really just very effective. Um, of course, combining it with sensory integration, like vestibular treatment and giving them lots of proprioception and other types, giving that to the children as well, but definitely with a focus on the reflex integration itself. Um, and that's really what got me into it, just seeing how effective it was and how significant the results were. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and yeah, and from there, I just took more courses, I did a lot of research, and, um, and yeah, and from there, it's just been, it's been, you know, really... A great journey, what can I say? And I'm, I keep learning and I keep, you know, doing more research into it mm-hmm. and um, working with the parents and with other professionals as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. uh, what, what type of, I mean, we're, we're occupational therapists and we definitely can right. do the in- reflex integration therapy. Are there other professionals that also can do the reflex integration therapy? Yes, definitely. Like um, speech therapists have been incorporating it physical therapists mm-hmm. have been incorporating it. Even like special ed teachers or CITs have been using it. Mm-hmm. Um, parents okay, are getting very on board, you know, mm-hmm. parents, it's teachers. Something, I mean, if someone's looking for um, someone to work with their child to do that reflex integration therapy, they should make sure that the person has been trained or has taken certain courses. Like what should they, what should they look for? I think overall like a knowledge, an understanding and an in-depth um, understanding and knowledge about their child and about how to go about, you know, 
helping their child. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's about experience, it's about exposure, it's about someone who's knowledgeable about different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be like a case-by-case parents would have to judge, but mm-hmm. also based on recommendation. I think recommendation is so important. Like, um, I know a lot of the mothers that come to me have been recommended by other, you know, mothers or parents mm-hmm. who have been happy. Right. Um, so that's also important. Like, word of mouth is, is huge mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And you also mentioned, um, you know, that you found that sensory integration and reflex integration combined really did work, um, you know, well together. Can you right. explain what sensory integration is? Um, yes, definitely. So you know, depending on how, like, different children will present differently um, from across the sensory spectrum. So it is a spectrum, and it's a very wide spectrum, um, and it encompasses really almost all areas of child's life. So um, depending like how the child's sensory system or their nervous system processes information and how they, they then respond to the information that they take in into their body and then produce the response, some children will take a long time to register things in their environment. They'll be more like more sluggish. It'll be harder for them to process what's going on around them. Um, so those are the type of children who might be like three steps behind in class. Like they just can't keep up because their registration of everything that's going on around them is so like delayed and so sluggish. That could be like one example of a child with sensory processing difficulty. Then you can have children who, on the other end of the spectrum, who um, are very hypervigilant, they're very anxious, they're on high guard, they're always on high alert. And they also have difficulties throughout because they're constantly anxious and rigid and have a very hard time with transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and those type of children will have sensory processing issues as well because they're uh, like on high guard all the time so that for example a child who's like on the autistic spectrum or a child with extreme anxiety things like that they will also have a hard time processing information and producing the right response in the in their environment Um, and there's like lots of different ways that sensory processing you know difficulties can manifest it could be a child who doesn't like to go um you know movement who like fears you know being on a swing or in a car or pushed in a carriage um, it could be a child who doesn't like the feeling of different textures on their body or a very picky eater. So um, and there's different ways it can manifest. Right. Yeah. yeah every, very broad. Very broad. Right. Okay. So it's so right. interesting that you found a, a combined that you saw, um, you know, more progress. I know sense integration itself is a really controversial topic. You know, parents, some parents right. see right. progress, parents don't. But combined with reflex integration therapy is something totally different um, that could potentially... Right help a child so can can you explain like what exactly it is like what what you do and you know which children would benefit from that type of treatment yes definitely so um a lot of parents have told me that that the reflex integration piece is like the last piece of the puzzle like they've tried so many other things and somehow they just missed something and they've come to me as like kind of this is the last piece that they're looking for like just to get everything else to kind of jumpstart all the child's skills and, and their abilities. Um, and, and so, again, I'll, I'll, they'll come to me for different reasons. The child's having a hard time, whether it's in school, whether it's socially, whether it's at home or a combination of all of the above. Um, and depending on how the child presents and, like, what their typical, like, symptoms and manifestations are, I'll test them for some of the the larger reflexes that should be gone, obviously, like after a child reaches like past infancy, like when their child becomes like a toddler, most of the primitive reflexes are gone or all of them. 
Mm-hmm. But sometimes um, when a child has needs or OT needs or special needs, some of their reflexes will not be gone and they'll still be there. And mm-hmm. depending on how the child presents, I'm going to go through some of the like, larger reflexes and test for them and see if, they're still, if they still come out positive. Mm-hmm. And based on that, I'll make up like a customized protocol to help integrate those reflexes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we work on like, you know, doing it in fun ways, like developmental fun ways. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting for the kids. It's not just doing like exercises by rote. Yeah. And in that way, we try to replicate the way the actual reflex presents, and we, and we simulate that over and over again in different ways. And in that way, we try to integrate their reflexes. Okay, so so there is a combination. Yeah, there's a combination of the proprioceptive input, the fibular, tactile, within the reflex integration protocols themselves. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. And when you right. say primitive reflexes, I mean, there, there are regular reflexes that, you know, um, parents are aware of, but what are the primitive reflexes? Can you explain exactly what the primitive reflexes are? Yes, yeah, so primitive reflexes are reflexes that emerge either in utero or during the first few months of life. And then typically by the time the, the infant is around 12 years old, 12 months old, I'm sorry, 12, around 12 months, give or take, most of these reflexes should be gone or integrated. Another word for integrated is inhibited or gone. Um, so, for example, like the rooting reflex, a baby, you know, when you stroke them on their cheek, they turn to the source of food, that's only around for the first few months, and then it integrates. The baby doesn't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or the Palmer reflexes or the ATNR, the STNR, spinal glands, these reflexes, like, emerge during the first few months, mm-hmm. and then they integrate um, within the first few months of life as well. Sometimes when a child comes for OT, they still have some of these reflexes, and, and, they, and these reflexes are hindering their success in lots of different areas, whether it's in school, whether they're very distractible or fidgety, whether they have very poor attention and focusing, whether they have a hard time crossing midline or, sh- or delayed hand preference, um, anxiety, registration, all these things can be impacted by different, different reflexes mm-hmm. um, if they're still there, if they're not, you know, integrated. Right. Okay. Um, and so I test for them, and then we ma- then I make up like different exercises, like you know, customized protocols for each child to help integrate the reflexes. Okay. Um, and then those are so those are different than, than the regular reflexes, and that they're supposed to be gone within the first year. And so the right. reflex integration therapy that you do works on getting rid of those reflexes that are still present in some children that are having difficulties. Right, so, exactly. Uh, so what, are some, what are some issues that children have, like common issues that children have that would benefit from reflex integration therapy? So it, it's like a whole slew of issues. Like, um, like, I, like I mentioned, let's say a child who extremely distractible, extremely fidgety, can't mm-hmm. sit still. Um, a child who, let's say, has ADHD or, or sensory-seeking tendencies. Um, a child who, even a child who's a, a sensory avoider or a child who, um, you know, has a hard time just focusing in class, a child who is constantly touching other children, um, try, a, a child who has a hard time copying from the blackboard because they, they can't sit still, so they can't look, you know, from near to far or far to near. They have a hard time copying from the blackboard. Um, messy handwriting. Um, a hard time with right-left discrimination, a hard time crossing midline, poor handwriting, weak, weak upper body, weak lower body, poor muscle tone, balance, coordination, 
um, a child with autism, a child who um, who has either day or night wedding, like they're still wedding past the age that you know they should be wedding, you know, wedding themselves, um, or not, or night wedding, bed wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. There's, there's so like it really well, runs. Yeah, it's very broad. It's very very wow. broad. Wow! 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 Okay, so yeah. so a parent that's concerned, what would they do? Like, what's the process if they feel like their child, you know, has gotten therapy and it's not working, typical therapy, and they want to try reflex right. integration therapy? What would they do? I mean, I would say like do do some research, find out like who, you know, who is recommended, who you think would be able to help your child, and then go to that person and explain, you know, give them a very clear idea of what's going on with your child and what your concerns are for your child and how, you know, can we take it to the next step or can we look at the, like I said, that last piece of the puzzle that we haven't explored mm-hmm. before, that we haven't tried that option. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like one mother explained to me, like it's almost like it was like a, I jump-started that child's skills. Like the skills were there. They were just dormant. They were laying there. And the child was falling behind like more and more in class and, and in life in general. And then we just kind of like we jump-started it like with reflex integration techniques. And now he's like able to keep up more in class and keep up in life. And all his, those behaviors that he had and those tendencies, mm-hmm. that's just like one example. But... Yeah, it's sometimes it's that piece that we're just they just need that child just needs that just to get things back onto an even keel, back onto track. Right. Um, so it's like so that. Yeah. Sometimes the children like we're trying to figure out what works for them, and then you've tried so many things. You know, this could potentially be that missing piece that really could make a difference. Um, right. Yes. What, I mean, I, I based on my experience and feedback, I get a lot of feedback from parents and from teachers, and uh, yeah, it, sometimes it really is just that last piece that they, you know, they haven't explored yet, or they just haven't tried, or it kind of makes everything else fall into place as well, like all the other skills that the child has, but might, they may not be able to tap into them yet. Uh huh. Okay. And um, how long approximately would it take for these reflexes, if they're present, to be integrated with with the treatment? So it really varies, and it depends. Like it's it's very hard. I know you know parents will always want to know that, but it's like hard to give a hard and fast rule because each child is different. Um, each child, depending where they're coming from and how far they have to go, depending how they're consistent they are with doing the exercises. Um, so it really it really varies. So I always tell parents that you you have to do it until it's part of who the child is, so that these skills, these new things that we're trying to attain, are are now part of that child. So. It's got to be solidified within them. So, I, I mean, if I had to throw out a number, I would say at least a year. But mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see changes, like, you know, way before that. You'll start to see changes. But it's got to be, like, like the type of changes that have really affected their sensory, central nervous system. So their sensory systems are in a different place than when you started off. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least a year. But it could be longer than that. Um, How often do well. they get seen? Twice a week? I mean... Depending on the child, sometimes it's twice a week, sometimes it's three times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, that's probably the most. Sometimes okay. it's once a week, depending, if, you know, depending on the child's uh-huh. mandate or where they're coming from or, or what's going on. But um, again, the carryover is very essential, like to have the caregivers doing the exercises or somebody else in that child's life. Sometimes the child's able to do it on the, by themselves. Um, sometimes another professional will do it with the child, like see it. Okay, SCAC. So carryover is important. Call yes. A, a call in? Oh, did someone call in? Sure. Well, hold on just a second.
Hi, you reach out to therapist. How can we help you? Hello? Hi, how can we help you? Do you have a question? Oh, I guess they're not. I'm drinking. Okay. Um, so let's just continue, SC. Um, okay, sure. So um, we're talking about how long treatment, you know, um, right. lasts. So, for like, again, I'm not going to throw out, an, like, I'm giving a rough estimate, but it, it could take longer, if, you know, to, for it to really become, like I said, like, part of who that child is. Um, or sometimes, you know, I, sometimes I'll see results even, like, quicker than that. Like, within a few weeks or a few months, they'll start to see significant results. But, again, I wouldn't give up with the therapy. I would keep doing the ex- Even if you're seeing significant or, effect, like, really positive effects, I would still keep up with the exercises. I wouldn't give up with that too soon. I would keep going with and, that. And you're saying it's not only coming to therapy, it's also doing a home program? What does yes. the home program look yes. like? So it's pretty so, essential, the home program. I, again, I make it up depending on the child, and I'll give them lots of like, different reflex integration exercises, um, depending what, um, what reflexes I'm trying to target. Um, it'll be also inclusive of sensory integration exercises. It'll be inclusive of something called rhythmic movements, which is another way to integrate reflexes using um, rhythm and movement. Um, it'll be like it'll be pretty broad. I, I sometimes I'll put in some other exercises to help just sharpen the brain, like brain gym or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'll t- I'll give them instructions how to do it, how many repetitions of each, of each exercise, when to do it, morning, afternoon, night, um, and mm-hmm. how many times a week to do it. And you know, we try to make it fun, like prizes, you know, rewards if the children are doing the exercises and coming back with their charts filled out. Mm-hmm. Try to motivate the kids with that. Um, but yeah, carryover is really is very is very key. And and ha- um, do you, success. Does the child get you know regular OT services while they're getting that reflex integration therapy? Are they used in combination? Are they separate? How do you? Structure? It's usually it's usually um, they're coming just for this for OT. Uh-huh. I mean, they may be getting other other therapies like of course PT and speech therapy, things like that. But regarding OT, it's usually just this at this time. It could be they've tried other things in the past or they will, you know, try other things or sometimes they'll go for vision training and things like that. But regarding OT, for the most part, it's usually just getting um, this reflex integration or coming to me for that and then going for other therapies. And how um, often It's not like they've been having, yeah, yeah, that's usually the case. How, how often do you test the reflex to see if it's gone? Like, is there like, you so know... It depend- so it depends. It, so there's no, again, there's no hard and fast number, but every couple of months, you know, maybe four or five months or even six months in from when I first tested. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. Interesting. And a lot of it is about, about, about parent report, about teacher report, about what I'm seeing in therapy regarding the, the changes. So it's not so much just about manually testing for the reflexes, it's also about how the things that we were looking for, the presentations, let's say the child was very distractible, very fidgety, very, like a real sensory seeker, am I seeing improvement with that? Am I seeing improved attention span? Am I seeing um, like better coordination or balance or uh, muscle, tone, muscle strength or you know, upper lower body, right, you know, bilateral integration, things like that? Am I seeing improvements in the areas themselves um, and not just the actual reflex testing, you know, uh-huh. am I seeing less of the reflex, you know. So uh-huh. it's really a combination. Looking at the whole picture is important. Interesting. Okay, so, and if you mm-hmm. get trained 
on reflex integration therapy? Yes, yeah. I've taken, like, again, yes, I trained, I've taken courses, and I always take courses. I've done a lot of personal research. Um, um, yeah, and I'm you always taking uh, these courses. Yes, I've given, I've given a course in Lakewood this past mm-hmm. year and in, um, in Clifton, New Jersey, um, on reflex integration and how it impacts children with um, anxiety and children with sensory integration difficulties. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Oh, yeah, and that was really good. that course? Like, uh, was it only professionals? Was it parents? So, okay, so the course in Clifton was mainly OTs or CODAs. Okay. Um, that was, so that was really just professionals. Um, the course in Lakewood, there was a really big mix. It was mainly, you know, there was OTs, speech therapists, some PTs, and then some parents. So it was mm-hmm. like a, it was a mix. It was a more of a mixed crowd. Mm-hmm. So, but I think really it's, it's very interdisciplinary and, and many other, you know, other professionals are using it. Parents are starting to become very into it. Some, some parents, um, mm-hmm. teachers are, in, you know, learning more about it. Mm-hmm. And, so, I mean, can parents that are trained perform the exercises on their own? Like, can they yeah. have in without a therapist? Like, they just need to be trained by a therapist, let's say. Or right, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely the parents are, are, you know, I show the parents the exercises, we practice it, um, and they're a big part of it. They're integral to the whole thing. They, they need to know what they're doing. They have to be committed to it. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a partnership. I always tell parents it's a partnership because it's not enough like for them to the child to come twice a week. It's, we, you know, we have to all be partners in this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, actually, yeah. that sounds really, really interesting. It sounds, you know, complicated. Definitely, someone that, that is not trained should definitely not, um, you know, do anything that they're not unsh- not sure of. Um, but can right. you tell us a little bit about your clinic and how you, you know, how your clinic runs and how you structure your clinic? Um, okay, sure. Yes, definitely. So um, it's, it's my place is called Turning Point OT. I'm located in in the Midwood section in Flatbush. Um, I have like it's a sensory integration gym. It's um, actually in my house in my basement. And over the years, I've really built it up and made it very, you know, I have a lot of equipment, suspended equipment, um, zip line, climbing wall, you know, like ball pit, all the things that you would see in a typical sensory gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then again, I have that this specialty or this this niche that like people come to me for that specifically, but also for other issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you know, if anyone is interested or if they want to come meet me or have an evaluation, you can definitely feel free to reach out. Um, my email is my name S D Spitzer at Gmail E S T Y S P I T Z E R at Gmail, or uh, my cell phone number is nine one seven nine nine one two three six nine. Either way, you can reach out if you want to have an evaluation or you just want to come see the place and come talk to me. I have um, evening hours. I have Sundays. And um, the, basically, the children are, you know, roughly from the age three and up. I don't, you know, I don't do early intervention anymore, but three years old and up and up until uh, children who come to me who are in their, teen, you know, teenage years as well. So there's mm-hmm. a really big mix. Okay, and you, you, I have other therapists also who work for me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think most, for the most part, I've gotten, like, very positive feedback from parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Interesting. Um, and you take, like, board of ed RSAs. You take insurance. Yes. Take- yes. So I take, um, I take, you know, I build through the board of ed. So I take RSAs or preschool contracts or private pay. I don't take insurance at this, at this time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right now, it's either private or it's through the board of ed. Uh-huh. And what's, like, the age range? Is it from three up until what age? 
Um, it really it varies, but definitely like I've had teenagers. That I, currently, I have like about a, like a fifteen-year-old girl who comes to me. Um, maybe you know, up until the you know, usually like the early teenage years or mid teenage years, fifteen, sixteen would be like the you know the highest, the oldest age that I've seen. Uh, usually after that point, children aren't so interested in coming anymore or whatever it is, or they've been had so many years of therapy they've had enough. But it roughly about. The bulk of the children that come are like between the ages of, let's say, four and ten, or four and eleven. Mm-hmm. But I have had older kids also as well, mm-hmm. and I have three-year-olds also. Yeah, I just don't, you know, I don't do under three right now. Like I don't do early intervention. Early intervention. Right. Okay. It looks like we have a caller. I'm going to try this one more time. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. How can we help you? Do you have a question? Hello? Hello? Hey, I guess they're not here. I'm not really sure why. Can we help you? Okay. So, Esty, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You okay. lost them? So, no, they're still on. I just don't, they're not responding. I'm not really sure why. Oh, um, okay. Okay, so, so the, when you say suspended equipment, what do you mean by suspended equipment? Um, so, like, swings that hang from the ceiling, um, pretty much that's, like, different types of swings, things like that, um, that a lot of the, you know, some of the vestibular input, like that movement through space that, we, that I give to the kids, like, we put them in different, like, whether it's a hammock swing or a ladder swing or trapeze, different kinds of swings that just give the child, um, if they're kind of, need, they need that vestibular, that movement through space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many sensory gyms have that, like, you know, you can, sw- you can switch the swings um, and you can do lots of different activities while the kid's in there, while the child's in the swing. So I was just, like, giving you some examples of, you know, different types of modalities or um, mm-hmm. equipment that I have, you know, in my, in my practice. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And any, any equipment, I mean, do you use the swings with the reflex integration therapy as well or just with sensory integration or... What type of equipment do you use with the reflex integration therapy? Is there anything specific that you use, or is it mostly like... So it's mostly like hands-on, like, yeah. so you don't really need that much equipment. A lot of it is, I do have like a massage bed that some of the kids do some of their exercises on, or I have like these big mats on the floor that the children do some exercises on. Um, but you can incorporate the, the swings and, as well and all the different, um, you know, other types of sensory integration equipment into reflex integration as well. Mm-hmm. But typically speaking, speaking, you don't need that much of um, these these types of equipment for reflux integration. It's more like just doing exercises with the child themselves. Mm-hmm. So, Esty, um, thank you so much. Can you share maybe like a okay, story, sure. success story that you've seen with this reflux integration therapy, like a specific one? Um, okay, so let me think. There's so many, but like, let me think. Um, which one I would like to share. I know a lot of parents come to me with the bedwetting issue and, you know, they look to the reflex integration therapy for for helping with that issue. Have you, I mean, have you had it? Yes, I have. I definitely have had. I've had um, a girl, um, she came to me at 18 with bedwetting. And it was really very, very, she was so committed and um, we worked really hard and she worked really hard and, and has and she came to me for about 
less than a year, probably seven to eight months, and then completely like she's just it just stopped totally. Yeah. She was just she was just she was you know cognitively cognitively intact um, young woman um, from a very you know very ultra orthodox background, and obviously I don't have to tell you how concerned they were and how they really wanted to just target this issue. Um, and we just made up a very intense pro- program for her. She stuck to it religiously. She did her work all the time. She came once a week. Mm-hmm. She traveled from Williamsburg. And, again, it was, the success was amazing. I mean, she's really completely, it's completely, it's com- completely better. You know, she, just, yeah. she doesn't even have setbacks. So, like, really, none of those issues are going on right now, the bedwetting or any of that that she had. Yeah. So that was, like, a real success story with regard to um, bedwetting. You know, and a recess, but other areas as well, like children, like again, children who were very, very hyperactive, they couldn't even sit in class for more than a few minutes, started to see improvement as well. So, you know, there's like a very wide range, children who weren't able to, you know, so many different things, like um, maybe like sucking on, on their clothing all the time or putting things like non-food items in their mouth and sucking on that. Um, we started to see improvement in, with that. Children, it even helps a lot with speech. Children who weren't uh, verbal or, or talking minimally, it helps mm-hmm. with, you know, language development as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been lots of success stories across the board, and that's really what keeps me going, like, you know, seeing the effect, seeing how amazing it is to see the change in the children and how parents are so appreciative and so happy. So, right. uh, no, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, because there are, you know, definitely a lot of different um, treatment options for children with, you know, learning disabilities and specific mm-hmm. issues. But when you find one that you really have success with that you clearly see, that's that's really amazing. Um, yeah, it really, it really so, has been, it has been amazing, and it continues to be amazing. So yeah, I definitely am seeing a lot of progress with that. And for the right child, for the right, you know, it has to be again, it has to be a commitment. It's not, you know, a commitment on the part of the family. So. If parents are looking for that or looking to help their child in that way, then definitely, you know, explore your options and, you know, and see what's out there. That's what I would tell parents. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Esty. Can you just give your contact okay. one more time for people that are interested? Yes. Yes, definitely. So my cell phone number, you can reach me on my cell, is 917-991-2369. Um, or you can email me. It's my name, Esty Spitzer, E-S-T-Y, S. P-I-T-Z-E-R at gmail. Thank you so much, Esther. And either way. Okay, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Robin. Okay, and hopefully people that um, need or think their children could potentially need the services will reach out to you and get some help. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, thanks so much. Have a good night. Take care.